Row Along, a friendly voice in your ear to motivate, coach and entertain you through each indoor rowing workout as we row along together. I set the stroke rate and the training pace based on your current 2,000 metre time. Just set your monitor to just row and start and stop when I tell you. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com. Hi there, welcome along to another workout for you to row along to. We're continuing the long rows and today is a 60 minute row. No gimmicks today, we're just going to do the whole thing at 24 strokes per minute. Now the paces that I suggest are like this. You can either do this as a bottom tier row, which is between 2K plus 18 to 20, or you can do it as a mid tier row, which is around about 2K plus 15 or 16, or you can go for a kind of a time trial speed, which is gonna be closer to 2K plus 10 to 12, depending on how strong and fast you are. Now, however, a 60 minute row is a ranked workout. You're probably, if you're doing a time trial, gonna be doing this at a higher stroke rate, but today we're just gonna do it at 24 strokes per minute so let's see how you get on and remember once you finish you can go to the concept 2 logbook and rank yourself against other people and you can leave it in comments as you finish the row on the youtube channel or on the podcasts so let's get into our four minute warm-up first uh, and we can start off by setting up the machine so go to your drag factor and make sure that's set where you want it to be if you don't know about drag factor please check out the video i have on the youtube channel next up go to your monitor and set it at eye height so you don't have to look up and you don't have to look down and finally your foot straps should cover either the bottom lace in your shoe or if you're in socks like me just let you bend comfortably forwards at the front okay so we get into this so 18 strokes a minute as always in three two, one, go. Nice gentle pace, just to start off with. Get your heart beating, get your muscles pumping. Or, do your muscles pump? Yeah, they must pump. Muscles moving at least. Just get used to just the rowing movement. As you get through the warm up, just hopefully you'll feel your body ease off a little bit more you feel your flexibility improve a little bit more after all like I keep saying this is a warm-up it's not a I'm suddenly going at full speeds up now you could argue we don't need a warm-up if we're about to do a 60-minute row but I kind of want you to hit the ground running at the right pace and not have to ease into it because you're cold so and plus the two two minutes worth of drills at the end of this are really important so you might not think it but the timing that it gets in even if you only do it for two minutes a day it's much better than not doing it at all So just make sure you're rowing straight arms at the front, pushing out your legs, and your back is rocking from that one o'clock position at the front to an 11 o'clock at the back. And you know it's me, so we'll be talking a lot about technique during today's row, just to keep you on track. Okay, two more strokes. Then we're going to take a foot out of the foot straps. One more. There we go. Foot out on the ground. Continue rowing with the leg that's still in. 
still try and get the right amount of compression at the front. Nice powerful leg drive out. Try and make sure and hold your balance so you're not wobbling all over the seat. Two more strokes. One more stroke. Soap your feet. And then continue. This should really help. The difference between single leg and two quite often is the flexibility of how far forward you can get the front. Like if you struggle getting your shins vertical, hopefully with just the one leg in, you'll find it a lot more manageable. One more. Both feet in, straight legs, and then just roll with your back and arms. So swing over your hips with your back, and then pull your arms in. Send your elbows through the sides. Squeeze your shoulder blades tight. Nice strong finish with the arms. So remember, as much as I say that this isn't a pulling, you still have to pull. One more. Okay, roll to the front, straight arms, and then just push out with the legs. Push, keep those arms straight. Work on the timing of when you push with the legs and you pick up the flywheel. Try to make it instant between the two of them. Don't want your butt to scoot back before you connect with the flywheel. Two more maybe? Yeah, we can get one more in. There we go. Nice simple warm up. So continue moving up and down the rail, have a quick drink, and I'll quickly go over today's session one more time. Just a quick reminder that these podcasts are taken from the videos that I host on YouTube. If you want to see what I'm doing rather than just listen, then check out Row Along on YouTube or head to rowalong.com. So today then we're doing a 60 minute row at 24 strokes per minute. So you can go ahead and just punch one hour into the monitor and we can row this together. There's no worries about having to stay in sync with intervals and things. Now, as much as I'm saying it's a 60 minute solid row, if you need to stop for a drink or to stretch, if it starts to get a little bit sore in your butt, do so, okay? I don't want you to try and row through dehydration or pain. Especially if this is the first time you've done a 60 minute row, it may be that you kind of like, you get 40 minutes into it and you're like, you know what, I need to stop for a drink. Don't get to a point of dehydration. This is a training session. You're not in a race, okay? So make sure and look after yourself, right? So we're doing it 24 strokes a minute and your pace really depends on what you want out of it today. If it's just a bottom tier engine building row, then you're gonna be around about 2K plus 18 to 20, which is where I'm gonna be hovering. If you wanna go for just a mid tier and like kind of really get the heart rate up, you're in the kind of danger of that middle heart rate zone, but you never know, you might wanna just be there just to feel the sensation, then run about 2K plus 15 to 16. Or if you wanna push it and try and see how far you can go and make it a top tier row, then you're probably looking at run about 2K plus 10 to 12 pace if not faster, but you know your body for where you need to set this up for in order to try and get as fast as you want. Okay, so we're pretty much ready to get into it. So we'll have one last drink, because after all, we're gonna be rowing for around about an hour. Well, an hour. I said round about, because I was too busy thinking about that caveat of saying that you should stop if you need to. Ideally, of course, you're not gonna stop. You're gonna make it all the way through, but yeah. So anyway, 24 strokes a minute. Follow me for the stroke rate, either by seeing me in the YouTube video or just listening to me as I row if you're on the podcast. Okay, you ready for this? 
Here we go then. In three, two, one, go. So remember it's one stroke every two and a half seconds. If you're watching the counter. There is something about punching in an hour onto the monitor and just seeing it there. A one with all those zeros. That you do start to think, what am I about to do? Which is much the same as when I sit down before a 2k race and you see the 2,000 meters on the monitor and, you, and you, you just know what it means. You know it's six and a half minutes of intensity. But anyway. So 24s. This is my much preferred stroke rate. From an efficiency of that kind of glide back and forwards, how I feel I get power out and fitness. I'm still just keeping it nice and gentle this week, especially because I'm doing all of these rows on consecutive days so far. So I've gone, Monday was 45, Tuesday 50, Wednesday 55, and today's Thursday for the 60. So I don't really want to absolutely gun these rows and then have to take a couple of days off because I've pushed it too hard. However, you might just have come in on today's row and you're perfectly fit and strong and ready to knock out a 2k plus 12 time trial. Now, what I'm going to do, you know it's me, so we're going to talk about technique, but I'm going to do a quick global overview, and then I'm going to talk about what I mean by 2k pacing. I know some of you already know that info, but just in case you're new to these kind of videos. I'll go over it a little bit. So technique. Now that we're three minutes into this row, you should be properly warmed up and able to just have a little bit of a proper analysis of what your body's like as you're rowing. So I can take you through each stage of the stroke and you can have a think about what you're doing. So the stages of the stroke are the catch, which is at the front of the machine, 
just before the drive. So as you get to the front here, that's the catch. Followed by the drive, which is when you put all the power into the machine. The finish, which is when the handle comes into your chest. The release, which is when the handle goes away from your chest. And the recover, which is what takes you back into the catch again. I suddenly started having <laughs> the sound of music playing in my head. Do a dear. <laughs> yeah, because she said she does these things, which takes us back to do. Hey, it's Christmas. Well, almost. I'm allowed to think about sending music because it's always on television. Good news is, that's us five minutes into today's row. And if you think yesterday's was 55, all we have to do is yesterday's row again. And that was all right. My legs started to get a bit tired about half an hour into it, but that's more than manageable. What if we'll be saying that by the time we're up in 90 minutes? Anyway, so describe the stages of the row. Now, really brief overview of how your body should be at each stage. So the catch, I want you straight arms, nice and relaxed arms, relaxed shoulders, shins pointing to vertical, and your back leaning in to like a one o'clock on the clock face. Preferably with a good powerful posture, nice braced core, and importantly, up on your sit bones at the front, not with your hips rolled back and tucked under you. Then the drive, you push the machine away with your legs while still holding that forward lean and keeping your arms straight. Then about halfway through that drive is when you transition your back from the forward lean, swing over your hips into a backward lean. And then just after you start your hip swing, pull in your hands, 
So your handle finishes at chest height. More about that later. Then push the handle away from you at the same pace you brought it in at. So in, out, in, out. And then let the handle be what engages that forward lean over your hips. And then once the forward lean is done and the handle's over your knees, bend your knees and you'll effortlessly sail to the front of the machine, ready for the catch. Doe and deer. So that's your body positions. So I want you to think about all of them while I talk about training paces. So remember, body rocking from 1 to 11. Arms straight. Don't pull your arms in until almost the end of the stroke. Good posture, shins vertical at the front, all that kind of stuff. Just you have a wee think. Take one at a time. Concentrate on your back first, maybe. And when you're transitioning from a forward to a backward, to a forward. And there we go, so 10 minutes done. Doing well. So training times. Basically, we're all different. And also, we might not all be using the same rowing machines. Some of you might be on a RP3 or a water rower. Uh, or the Zebex, whatever. And what we need is a way to not only unify the machines in some way, but also all of our different strengths. Because I know there's some people that watch these videos that are stronger than me, and there's some people that watch that I'm stronger than you. So we need a way that I can tell you a pace to row at that is based on your abilities, not mine. So, for instance, I'm rowing this at 2.02 pace today. So that means two minutes and two seconds to cover each 500 meters of this row. So that's your split pace. Whereas maybe you're a lot stronger than me. 
and this would be too slow. So how do we unify everybody's strength? Well, remember that two kilometer time trial I was talking about? We do one of them. Good luck with that. Just punch in 2,000 meters to your monitor and then row it as fast as you can. When you're done, hopefully your monitor and the memory screen will show you the average 500 meter pace for that row. So if you did it in eight minutes 20, then the average to cover just 500 meters of that is two minutes and five seconds. Because eight minutes 20 divided by four. So that is your 2K average split time. And that is what I mean when we talk about 2K plus 12 or 2K plus 20. So if your average 2K time was 2.05 and I said to row at 2K plus 12, that means I want you to see 2 minutes 17 on the monitor. And the thing here is that, say that was your pace. So that's 12 seconds slower than your maximum for a 2K. But then my 2K average right now is 145. So I'd be rolling at 157 as opposed to your 217. But from a kind of effort scale related to your maximum ability for 2K, it means we're both putting in the same amount of effort. And that is how a 2K time makes this training method fair across the whole gamut, across everybody. 15 minutes gone. And also kind of accounts for any quirks in your machine's monitor. So different machines kind of respond differently to pace, but as long as you use the time it took you to cover 2K on that machine, that you won't be too far off the pace that you would be on any machine. Just be, say on a Concept2, a 2K would take you 
7.40, maybe on a water rower, you can row 2k in seven minutes. But it's not because the water row is a better machine. It's just how it calibrates distance. So as long as you made sure when you're on the water rower, your 2K plus, it would be seven minutes plus. But as you climb onto Concept 2, you go back down to 740 as your 2K time on that for the 155. There we go. So when I say 2K plus 20, go 20 seconds slower than your average 2K 500 meter time. And that's, remember the average. So if you start off at 2K at 140, but finish it at 220, but the time taken for the whole row is eight minutes flat. Your average is still two minutes, regardless of the fact you started off so fast. There we go. So how are you getting on? We're only a couple of minutes away from being 20 minutes done in this hour row. If you're going for speed, remember to focus on laying in that power from the legs on every stroke. If you're holding 24, just use this as a option to get your pace from your leg drive instead of if we were doing this at like 26 to 28 when you'd be getting pace more from the stroke rate well in combination with the leg drive but it may feel like you're pushing a little harder at 24 than you would ordinarily. Like I say, in my usual training plans, when we're doing 24 strokes a minute, I tend to say 2K plus 12 pace. But the moment you get past about half an hour, it becomes a little unmanageable to hold that, or if you're wanting to go faster, then obviously it comes from the legs. So that's why it's your choice. That's why I'm down at 2K plus 17, 18 for the time being. And why you've picked to be where you are. Okay. So in 20 seconds time, let's get back to technique chat for a while. Four strokes 
and then that'll be us 20 minutes done. There we go. It's a third of the way there. So we're now less time than even when we started on Monday with these long rows. Just will be a breeze. Now I've quite purposefully not got my metrics on screen for these rows because, well, mostly because there's no real interest in them for a row like this, but also because I'm still using my whoop strap for heart rate, which currently is massively overcooking it. And so there's no point throwing you off thinking that I'm rowing with a heart rate of 150 right now when I'm actually only at 140. So we've described the stages of the stroke. We've also described the ballpark positions. What else is there to know? Well, not the time, it's the reasoning behind why that's the position or some kind of cues to help you to get into that position. Take for instance, the straight arms. Okay, so in the catch at the front, I want you to have straight arms and to hold those arms straight through most of the drive. But it's really easy to grab early and bend your arms, arms too soon and fight against the flywheel. So, how do you try and keep them straight? First things first, be a zombie. So, you know how if you were to do a zombie impression, you'd uh, put your arms out in front of you, very loose and relaxed. Oh, uh, brains, her. That's kinda how I want your arms to be as you get to the catch. Loose and like a zombie. Nice, loose shoulders, relaxed arms. If I can see your muscles rippling, you're probably too tense as you come into the catch. You can take the strain and tense up as you engage and hit the catch. But even then, I don't want you to be solid and grabby. I just want you to kind of tighten up your muscles a little bit, but not tense up, if that makes sense. But how else 
can you try and think about it? If you don't want to be a zombie. Well, a little external rotation of the elbows also helps. If you get in, then just think about turning them down. I think I naturally do it. Yeah, maybe not. But that kind of helps you have the handle out in front. And I mean, there's lots of value to straight arms. First one being power transfer, obviously. And if you're not all tensed up, it's saving you energy. But the other thing is that if your arms are straight in front of you, it's harder to really overextend. Or is in my case. Because if I overextend, I hit the handle off the front of the machine. Whereas I know that even though I do have a tendency to extend a little bit too much at the front, as long as I'm not hitting the handle off the throat of the machine, I'm not as bad as I could be. Now you might think having the handle all the way forwards would give you extra length, but it doesn't really because that lean to get in there suddenly not only does it change my posture, it also changes the angle of attack on the drive and really emphasizes this problem I have with my butt scooting backwards sometimes before I connect properly with a flywheel. So anyway, arm straight, zombie. Now, going back to the angle of attack, that's best described by how your shins are pointing. Are they pointing up? Are they pointing forwards, leading into the machine? Or are they pointing back, not able to make vertical? <laughs> Most problematic, really, is going too far forwards. Because although you might think that helps for length and more compression, more explosive power, which it does for some. I'm not saying everyone has a problem, but going too far forwards causes that power leak from your back and your butt scoot. 
not going far enough means you're robbing yourself of actual leg drive. So if you stop short, that's a lot of leg drive you're missing out on. And it must be said, there's things like your posture that then tend to suffer. It's like you don't get that forward lean of your back properly set in place. So really you want shins vertical. Which if you can't get to it, because of flexibility, work on your flexibility. You can do that off the machine, but also just by leaving two post-it notes on the rail. One marking where you are able to get to, and one where you want to get to. Warning though, do that as a test in between rows. Don't actually do it when you're rowing. Just sit down and roll forwards. So I don't want you to run over your fingers. And basically, the post-it that marks where you're able to get to, just inch that forward a little bit every time you row. And what you want to do is on every stroke, feel a little click as you run over that post-it to show you you're now going a little bit further. And then the next time you row, you move it a little bit further still until you catch up to the maximum position. And then the key is to move the maximum position slightly further forward. And now, if you feel the click, you've managed to go too far. And then you just make sure you don't ease off too much. If you have found out you're going too far, So, shins vertical, simple. Well, not really. There's two other bits to that. The first one is that posture comes into play here. If you're up in your sit bones and you get your shins vertical, that's lovely. And chances are you might need a little heel raise in order to get there. Don't worry about it, that's fine. However, if your hips are rolled backwards rather than forwards, chances are, in order to get your shins vertical, you have to roll so far forwards in the seat that not only are your heels now 
really far off the foot plate, but you're probably smacking the seat off your heels. So that bang of the seat off your heels is usually a good indicator that either you're over compressing by going too far past vertical or your hips are rolled back and the only way you can get to vertical is to overslide which you don't want so it's really important to be up on your sit bones at the front of the stroke not just for your shins but for your overall posture because that really helps with the forward lean into the front of the machine at the catch if you're on your sit bones with your hips rolled slightly forwards it's almost automatic that you'll be leaning forwards at the front and then if you want a good braced core to take the force of the stroke when you start it the last thing to say about posture and forward lean is to keep your head up now not up and back but just up you can see I've got my little Lego man strapped to the back of the monitor and so I just keep eye contact with him when I row and that keeps just enough of a trigger to keep my posture up instead of slumped and kind of tired at the front just making eye contact and holding it through the drive it's, fu it's funny it's weird but it does work and then I've also mentioned trying not to overreach so again I've got an issue with rounding in rolling in my shoulders and over reaching which is the cause of my shoulder injury for the past year good thing is, is every time I get the stroke wrong it hurts so at least I get feedback so anyway that's your positions then fingers like hooks over the handle hook I say that in a very Scottish way don't I hook it's like GH UK hook <laughs> anyway so nice and loose hooked over the handle which allows air to circulate reducing the chance of blisters and 
that does give you like an extra centimeter of length. Thumbs under the handle, not over. And thumbs lightly touching your index finger. So you're not choking the life out of it. This isn't a snake that you're trying to kill. And then we can finally drive. Now the point here is to connect your feet with the foot plate and push at the same time as the handle and chain connect with the flywheel. What you don't want to do is hit the flywheel first and then push. I can't even demonstrate that, but don't want to do that. And you also don't want to push with the legs and then connect. Okay, you want to get the timing bang on. So you just pick up the flywheel and you hear that whoosh of acceleration as you lay the power into it. And it's not like a hiccup because you've got the sequencing wrong. And that all happens by getting your feet, driving them through the footplate, but also keeping that forward lean so that you're not accidentally picking up the flywheel too soon or swinging your back too soon. And then you want to give a good old shove with your legs, push that machine through the wall, through the garage, through the spare room, into the bank of treadmills or cross trainers or whatever's in front of you in the gym. Really push, really think of this as a pushing with your legs. You're not pulling with your arms. Nice straight arms, forward lean and push. Then you want full extension of your legs through the drive. Don't lock out your knees, but get the full push of your legs. And halfway through that push, that is when you finally swing your back from the one o'clock position at the front to 11 at the back. And that adds more power onto your 
leg power. There we go. 20 minutes to go. Well done. Then, after your backswing starts, that is when you finally pull in your arms to finish. And nice and strong. I know I say it's not a pulling motion, but at the end of the stroke, at the finish, it is. Now, there's a few ways to finish. From an energy efficiency point of view, I prefer sending your elbows through your sides with only a very minimal outwards flare. And that should keep the handle at the right height to finish at sternum height and your wrists should be pretty much flat. Maybe a slight bend, but what this does is it engages your lats and you can squeeze your shoulder blades together as though trying to crush a can between them. I think that uses your most powerful muscles all the way through that finish. However, you'll see lots of people, especially on the water rowers, will finish with their elbows out to the sides, out. So basically their elbows finish in line with their shoulders. However, I feel that shifts the force way too much onto the head of your shoulder. And let's be fair, that little head of your shoulder is nowhere near as powerful as your lats. So from a power and injury prevention point of view, unless you're practicing it from an on the water point of view and a coach has told you to flare out your elbows, I recommend elbows straight through. However, there's more quirks at the back. So I'm saying finish at a 11 o'clock lean and the handle at sternum height, kind of brass strap height, as a efficient and least likely to injure yourself stroke. But what you will see is a lot of people rowing with the handle 
really high and a very deep layback. Now, again, I warn against that unless you're built with muscles upon your muscles and can take the real excess force that that sends through your lower back especially your psoas muscle but also your inner forearm and your biceps that suddenly come into play with the higher handle height I mean it's basically a bicep curl you're doing with a weird flick in of the wrist I mean it's not to say it's not effective there are very fast people that roll like that in fact Josh Dunkley Smith who currently holds the 2k world record if you hunt YouTube for him you'll see on the rowing machine he's finishing like that really long high and deep layback however the very fact he has the world record hopefully proves that he's rather strong so anyway you choose what you want to do but what I suggest is you develop the strength especially in your core to be able to hold a stroke like that if that's what you're going to go for regardless though core work is really useful no matter what stroke you're adopting at the back because the idea is to get all the leg power out of the way by the time you get to the end of the stroke but you've still got that hip swing of your back and the finish of your arms which still creates some backwards momentum and so you have to engage that core at the back of the stroke to not only soak up the power but to be in the position to rock back over your hips again for the release now remember the release is still in a good rhythm so handle in handle out okay same pace in same pace out try not to exaggerate the out like whoosh whoosh okay I want you to 
do it with good rhythm. I know you've probably been told by a coach that it's really important to push the handle away, but it's really important to do it with a rhythm. Because that rhythm is what gets the handle away and then engages that forward lean and then starts that roll down the rail. Whereas if you just go, you're suddenly having to manufacture that hip rock and you're also absolutely exhausting yourself. Just demonstrating that I'm suddenly a few clicks, higher heart rate, I'm slightly out of breath. So nice rhythm, in, out, nice and straight, back lean, then once the handles are over your knees, that's when you bend your knees to roll forwards. Because remember, the recovery is meant to be about recovery. You don't want to be using any extra muscles as you return than you need to. And ideally, the only muscles you need are your core to transfer you forwards and then a little bit of hip flexor to bend your knees. All right. About to hit 10 minutes to go. We're almost there. If you managed the last 50, this last 10 will probably be a welcome sight, but you should be able to get through this next 10. Now, just quickly going back onto the efficiency of the return and the core and body angles. The last thing to say is about your feet in the foot straps. The foot straps are here mostly, especially at this rate, as a safety net. You're not meant to be yanking on the foot straps to pull yourself forwards like this or to stop yourself at the back of the stroke because well most importantly because it messes with your posture because what happens when you pull yourself forward to the foot straps as you tuck your hips under and your knees come up. Remember what I said about handle over your knees and then body rock. So don't want to cause your hips to roll back and then sabotage your whole stroke. 
but also if you have to stop yourself by yanking on the foot straps that's power that you could have got into the flywheel so try and work on getting your legs down before the handle comes in and that way the momentum from your legs should all have gone in to the flywheel and then lastly it's purely about injury prevention if you're constantly tugging yourself forwards you're risking damage to the outside shin muscle your quads your hip flexors and your lower back whereas finishing strong without yanking on the straps getting the handle away and rocking over your hips like I said the only real thing you're using is your core and then the hip flexors to activate that bend in your knees I mean again a very deep dive into the stroke having spent it's like the better part of 40 minutes going through each part and I know that means that pretty much every one of these longer rows I've been talking about technique more than anything else but if you're going to be rowing for an hour it's really easy to let fatigue and distraction, boredom kind of cause you to just slump that little bit or get the timing wrong at the front or whatever so that's why on all of these rows I'll be talking mostly technique and then hopefully a little bit of John stuff for the last wee bit alright coming into the last five minutes so don't think about this as the last 55 to 60 minutes just think of it as a five minute row I said before if you can reframe anything in rowing into a more manageable chunk so you can complete it you'll do a lot better I've only ever done one marathon in my entire time rowing and that's 42,195 metres and when I sat down and saw that on the monitor I did start to think 
what am I doing? I put on Avengers Infinity War and just started rowing but importantly I set the splits to 5,000 meters because I knew I could row 5k nice and easy so all I did was eight 5Ks, one after another, rather than thinking of it as 42,000 meters. Now I'll admit though, at the end of every 5K, I stopped, stood up, had a drink, and 30 seconds later, I continued, just because I knew once I'd broken it down that I knew I wouldn't complete a full 42 might maybe do one over the Christmas season don't know let's see how these long rows feel gonna stop at 90 I think and what I figure is those who are near that pace for a half marathon you can just continue through my cooldown and stuff and hopefully you can check off a half marathon I'm hoping I'd pass it looking at today's pace I would So yeah, so I'm still tracking my recovery with the whip strap and making sure I don't overdo things. But so far, four days in at bottom tier, I'm not doing anything too bad. And if nothing else, I'm munching the meters for the Concept 2 holiday challenge first goal is over 100k second goal is over 200k don't know where I am right now if I remember I'll post it in the notes and maybe even overlay it on screen right now that's if I remember. All right, minutes ago. I've got to say, I've done this fasted today, so I'm very much looking forward to going to get some lunch, which may be a cheese and chicken toasty today. I think I've earned the carbs, don't you? All right, 30 seconds to go. Well done for hanging in for an hour. Not only an hour's row, but hanging in with me for an hour. Almost there. Four more strokes. 
three, two, last one. All at 24. All at very much a similar pace. I'll post the metrics for my row on the Facebook group. I'll post a link to the ErgMonkey page where you can see my pace and my heart rate, but trust me, it was around about 202, 203, 204 all the time. And like I say, the heart rate is massively wrong. This whoop strap is kind of useless for rowing. So I'm hoping if I get a bicep strap, it might be better, who knows. Anyway, hopefully you've managed to stretch and have a drink. Because now it's interval two, another hour. No, two minute cooldown. Like I'd do that to you. In three, two, one, go. Ah, now, don't worry about pace. Don't have to worry about stroke rate either. Just make sure you're connecting with your legs and your arms and you're at least putting in some kind of force into the machine, okay? Not enough that you're getting tired, but enough that you're not just tickling it. I want you to just make sure that everything's just pumping that little bit so that it can just slide itself into neutral and you're okay for the rest of the day. You're not gonna seize up. You're not gonna wake up with cramp in the middle of the night. Although a lot of that's gonna do with hydration. So make sure if you didn't stop for a drink at any point, through the row, like me, as in you didn't stop the way I didn't stop. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, then make sure and have a good drink afterwards. Maybe the tiny bit of salt to re replace your electrolytes if you don't have a proper sports drink. But just go, don't go too heavy on the sugar. A little pinch of sugar might help, but Try not to go for one of these really sugary, like the LucasAid drinks that are just like 15 spoons of sugar. And this should just help your breathing ease down, should help you mentally withdraw, if that's the right word, from the row. Give you a chance to think about how you got on today, because it was a long row. 60 minutes is a long time to be in the row machine. And of course, the next session, 65 minutes, well, that's even longer. <laughs> See, I've got the smarts. <laughs> so yes, the next up is 65 minutes. Again, I'm gonna gauge whether I do that tomorrow by what the whoop strap tells me in terms of recovery, but hopefully that means 65 minutes again for, or 65 minutes tomorrow, so that'd be fun. So I hope you enjoyed today's. Make sure and leave a comment on the YouTube page or on the podcasts. Subscribe, click the, click the notification icon, go check out the Facebook group, Row Along, um, where, like I say, I'm going to post the ErgMonkey metrics from today's row, just in case you're interested, because they weren't on screen. Um, and then you can sign up with them, it's free on ErgMonkey. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not here to sell you things. I'm not a, I don't have a big list of everything I use from, from the water bottles to the computer I use to edit. I'm not in this to 
like I said, I'm not in this to make money out of you, I'm in this to roll with you. And I quite like that as a phrase that, I think it was yesterday I said that, wasn't it? And I quite like that as a phrase. Like, fair enough, I make a tiny bit of money from YouTube advertising, but um, in the same way that I'm sure if I had 100,000 views of every one of my videos, like the other two guys, then I'd be raking it in. But like I say, that's not why I'm here. I've got a day job, I don't need to rake it in. I'm here to help you, help me, to keep you entertained, to help me recover with my shoulder, to give me a reason to climb on the row, on the row machine and do this many meters. So I don't need to sit here and say, buy my stuff. Even though I do have t-shirts that you can buy, but I'm not gonna say, buy my stuff. <laughs> there's no subscription option. There's no like, you have to buy a plan off me. There's none of that nonsense. You just come onto YouTube and you roll the videos. Fair enough, there's still ErgFlix, the ErgZone people, then they're gonna, when they roll out properly, there may be a subscription charge for that, but that's for them, not for me. And it's the same with KinoMap, where you pay for them, you don't pay for me, because again, all these YouTube videos are completely free. Um, and yeah, same with the podcast, so anyway. Seem to just be hanging around, really. It's like, you know that way at the end of the night when you're in a bar, and you're the last one to leave, and you just don't want to go, and you're just a little bit tired, you're a little bit dehydrated. <laughs> Anyway, right, so I'm going to go, because this is getting silly. Um, I'm obviously, I'm, I'm getting festive silly with everything that's going on. So anyway, sweat's running in my eyes again. Um, so you have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this one. Please stay safe. Uh, I hope you're rowing well. Make sure and be sensible about the amount of time that you're spending rowing. Just don't push it too far. If you're starting to get injured or tired, make sure and take a rest day. Because the worst thing that you want to do is be completely run down by rowing too much and then suddenly it is, a, it is the season to pick up flus and whatever else is going around and I don't want you to be run down and suddenly get ill on top of that. So be sensible, row strong, be well, bye bye. Oh wait, hashtag. Forgot the hashtag. Oh god, so close. So close to the end that I forgot the hashtag. Uh, what do we have today? Uh, let's just say hashtag um, go go 60 because then it'll look like go 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 so the hashtag for today is go go 60 anyway right bye bye be well bye bye for more info and to check out the youtube videos go to rowalong.com <laughs>